You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're We're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Mic check, please. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks on the Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. My name is John Gordon. I'll be your host. And I'm your host, Katie Burke. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you, the DU Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. Joining me in the studio here today is my co-host, Dr. Mike Brazier. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well, Chris. Good to see you. Good to see you. On the phone with us from Canada, we have Dr. Scott Stevens. Scott, how are you? I'm good. Always good to connect with you guys, Chris. It is. You are always, or I can't say always, but typically one of our most popular guests. And uh, while I'd like to give you all the accolades in the world here, I think it also has to do with the fact that you bring very good news to U.S. waterfowl hunters this time of year. And so uh, before we let you spill that, Mike wants to kick the show off real quick. and He has a couple quick questions for you. Well, before I get to the questions, I also do want to clarify that it's partly because his, I think we learned a few years ago that the high ratings we always get for Scott's episodes are the ones, or it's because of his mother just kind of constantly downloading the episode on as many <laughs> devices as possible. And I suspect she kind of enlists the help of all of her friends and neighbors in doing that. Do you think that's true? Yeah, that, that's probably right. <laughs> uh, although, you know, I've been told I've got the face for podcasts, so. Yeah, yeah. Whoever said that was a smart person. I don't know who it was. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) But, uh, Scott, appreciate you joining us here. Um, 
it's November seventh. You know, typically we do this this episode. Uh, it's, it's the it's a favorite episode of a lot of the southern hunters because it's usually something like Canada finally freezes up, and that means the ducks got is, have got to come south, right? So we're here November seventh, and I I think Chris was uh, was talking to me earlier saying this this is later significantly later than some of the past years but uh, uh, you can you can kind of speak to that as you as I ask you this questions in in terms of how this year compared to uh, maybe recent or or past years from your view of things um, but what are things like there now uh, what's the what are the weather conditions shaping up to be and then over the next few days that that I guess you would say is providing the impetus for this call about things getting cold and frozen in Canada yeah, well, things have definitely cooled off. Um, you know, I think last weekend I was looking at the forecast thinking, yeah, you know, the I should say weekend before last, I was looking at the forecast thinking, yeah, this is probably the last weekend of shooting ducks and geese for me. Um, that extended a little bit longer and I was able to, to get out uh, this weekend and had great success, but the birds are not going to be here for long because we'll have highs below freezing here soon. So that'll that'll move a lot of birds. We got some snow last night, so birds birds will definitely be moving. And and Scott, just to clarify for our audience, where exactly are you located when you say here? Because you know the, the prairie Canada, especially, is, is of such a vast area. Uh, where are you located? Yeah, so I'm just north of Winnipeg. Um, I'm in Stonewall, Manitoba, which is the closest little community to our head office at Okamak Marsh. Okay, perfect. And you know, on my phone, we have I have my weather app, and I have several uh, different cities that are kind of listed in there that I watch as the weather goes. And I know it looked like it was a little bit earlier because one of those cities is Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I just have that in there, just as kind of a right uh, a barometer of of weather in Canada. And uh, and it looked like the weather fell out there. You know, maybe you know five to seven days ago, pretty 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 hard uh, i mean they're negative temperatures and it doesn't appear to be that you guys a little further east are not that cold is that correct yeah we were we were cold last night and um i, I was just out today at lunchtime and we had creeped above the freezing mark because things were melting um but that yeah that's right i mean and what's what's typical chris is that you know the the fronts this time of the year would move west to east so you know alberta and saskatchewan would get them first especially those that involve snowfall and then they push further east into manitoba so i know saskatchewan was getting the snow a couple of days ago we got it last night so that's pretty common i got one more question and i'll pass it off to mike here but um overall i mean i think just kind of looking back at how the winter kind of progressed into um you know from fall into winter how did how did that go for you you know even starting back in early september uh, as far as habitat and the hunting yeah well well i would say the habitat you know we had, we had improved in the spring but then after that we didn't get a ton of rain to kind of continue that improvement so I know when I first got out in the fall, things were better than they were last year, but they were not quite as good as I had hoped. And, you know, of late, we've got some more precipitation. So I know many times we've talked about on the podcast the importance of soil moisture and and good frost seal as we're freezing up is important. We, we've got some of that precipitation to improve the soil moisture. So I think, you know, that sets us up pretty well coming into the winter to you know, if we if we get snow and and that runs in the springtime, it it'll have more impact with that good soil moisture and frost seal if we 
get that now, like we're set up. Scott, you and I spoke earlier, it might have been September, as you were kind of getting out to the start of the hunting season up there and you were chasing blue wings. And I think at that time you told me about, uh, you remarked about the late hatch of some of the birds this uh, this summer. You were still seeing young broods maybe in early September, late August. And there was some concern at the time that, you know, that's it's great to see that sustained reproduction over the course of the summer, but if we got like uh, an early cold spell or something, it might, uh, it, it could bode poorly for those birds. That that obviously didn't happen. We didn't get any, any terrible weather, but how would you, I guess, classify the months of September and October relative to your past experience? I know you haven't lived in Winnipeg for very long, but you've been on the prairies for a number of years. So how would you characterize this just in terms of, um, you know, relative to the typical year, you might say? Yeah, well, I would say that frost came late for us this year. Like it was, it was probably the second week of October before we got real significant frost, which that's unusually late. Um, so, you know, you're right. Those late hatch broods had, turns out they had plenty of time. It was, it was a good year to be a late hatch brood because we didn't have an early freeze up. So that definitely helped, uh, you know, helped out that late production was, should have had time to get on the wing for sure. And then another question kind of related to reproduction this year, which we were all optimistic about given the rains that we saw earlier in the, I guess, late winter, early spring. And I've heard a number of reports, some from you, about obvious evidence of reproduction this year from various dabbling duck species, pretty much any kind of duck uh, duck species that we would have uh, found there in the prairies. Has that continued to be the case for you Have you've, as you've been out hunting, still seeing a number of young birds uh, in your harvest? How how has that continued to shape up? Yeah, I, I would say that that what I've seen in the harvest as the season has gone on is what I would car, call more normal, you know, ratio of juveniles to adults. Uh, you know, it was striking last year how few juveniles there were. There's a more normal ratio where there's a decent number of juveniles. There's still some adult birds, but, you know, you still see quite a few juvenile birds. In fact, um, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, I had uh, I had shot a banded drake mallard that was banded in August at Delta Marsh. I harvested it down in Southwest Manitoba. Um, so and, and it was banded as a juvenile bird. So it had trekked its way a little way south, but didn't make it too far. And I guess another question related to your harvest what you're observing from that and then whether you, what you can extrapolate from that given your knowledge of waterfowl ecology and waterfowl biology. Um, I guess it was last year that early on in the harvest season or in the hunting season, a lot of the ducks that you were, a lot of the drakes were already well-plumed. It's like they had given up on on breeding earlier in the summer and they had gone on to molt. And then by the time the hunting season opened up, you were seeing a lot of fully plumed, good-looking drakes. Did you notice a a big difference in that this year? The idea being that the better the conditions are, those drakes will stick around for later into the summer for for additional breeding opportunities, and then they molt a little bit later, so that by the time hunting season rolls around, they're maybe not fully plumed yet. Did that bear out the way we kind of think it does? Yeah, I I think so. It's it's a little bit hard to tell because you know I I also wonder if those birds that have molted and kind of are ahead of schedule and put on 
put on body fat and those kind of things if then they're migrating out of some of these areas like like I'm in, you know, because they're they're the birds that are in the best shape and can can kind of go whenever they need to. Um, but yeah, I, I think there was there was evidence of that that you know we we saw birds around that you know all of them were even even now I mean they're they're plumed up but but you can still see that they haven't they haven't been in that shape forever you know you still see a few feathers that that were were still molt was going on. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. as far as like just the progression of the migration um, that you've seen, we've kind of gone through that a little bit. Um, you know, my big question, I think a lot of waterfowl hunters, you know, throughout the country are, are curious, you know, what's left up there? You know, once, once that temperature plummets, can you kind of explain how that process works? I mean, I know ideally, you know, even in the magazine, we like to paint this picture of a, of a grand passage where everything just takes off one day and flies. And, um, and, but it doesn't necessarily work that way. So as the, you know, kind of explain the progression of the migration up there for our audience who may not understand, you know, you've, you know, your gadwalls and some of your smaller wetland feeding, you know, puddle ducks are going to probably bail out pretty quick. Um, but then, you know, some of the larger ducks and geese are still hanging around. So kind of describe that progression you guys are and where you're at right now. Yeah, that, that's definitely the case, Chris. Um, you know, as, as the water starts to tighten up and we start to freeze, you know, species like gadwall, they're, they're not typically feeding in fields. Um, you know, teal, same kind of thing, not much field feeding by them. So when those shallow water areas are locking up, that primary food source for them is gone. So they'll, they'll be migrating. 
you know, that's in contrast to mallards and pintails and Canada geese and those kind of things that are just needing deeper roost water. And then they're flying out to fields to feed on, you know, barley or wheat or corn or those kind of things. So um, at this point, there's still plenty of mallards around up here, Canada geese. But, you know, yesterday we were getting snow that kind of begins to cover up some of that food. And then, like I said, we're forecast to have highs, you know, below freezing here um, this week. And that, that will really lock things up and send those birds on their way too. Cool. So I think it's safe to say that, you know, this is coming to a close there for, for Canada as far as birds holding up there. Um, you know, any hunters throughout the U.S. who are curious, um, I think it's pretty safe to say that that, that Canada's closing. Not, a whole, not got, a whole lot left. Not a whole lot left. And especially now you've heard it, you know, Dr. Scott Stevens has put his decoys away. <laughs> So that's right. It is. It is. It is now official. You know, cue that yeah. song. Closing time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, now, if if my friend called me and said, "Oh, I found the holdout bunch," I could get them back out. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I I don't expect that to happen at this point. But Scott, how much longer, I guess, on the calendar does the duck season go there for you? That's a good question, Mike. Um, not usually a question. I, I believe the the season actually goes into December. Yeah. Um, yeah, but not something that we usually have to worry about checking the regs on because, you know, like, like we said, this is this is a fairly late year to still have birds. Although, I recall other years where I know a colleague shot a limited ducks at. Delta Marsh over the U.S. Thanksgiving time period. So, oh, wow. you know, not, yeah, not, not unheard of, but, but this is, you know, ducks in November, ducks in November is a bonus here for sure. Yeah. Well, I, <clears throat> I did see some of the photos of you and Mark getting out, Mark Francis getting out and, um, y'all got out a few times and, um, got in on some birds. So that's a good deal. Did this, how did this year compare to to last year, I guess, in terms of your success? Was it was it easier this year or was it is there much of a difference from one year to the next, kind of given the amount of scouting that y'all do? Y'all are probably able to uh, pretty consistently find the birds? Yeah, well, well, and I, I should give credit to my hunting partner. He's the one that does most of the scouting um, because he kind of lives in duck country. And, uh, you know, yeah, we had, I would say this year we had, we had better success. Um, you know, you last more, year we had, had more water, of, right? Yeah, we had more water. And, and last year we had one really good hunt like this at the end of the year um, on, on sort of a day pond, I would call it, that, that birds were using, stopping at it, coming back and forth to the field. And, and this year we did, let me think about this. I think we did four of those. And, and the one that I had on Saturday afternoon was just spectacular. You know, when we, we went in about two o'clock, there were, I don't know, several hundred birds sitting on this small water that was rimmed with some ice. You know, we were able to get in cattails and in an hour, two, two guys basically taking turns, you know, we shot, we shot 16 mallard drakes and uh yeah it was so it was a spectacular way to cap off the season wow, yeah that's great that's a, that's a nice one hey I, we'll probably start wrapping this up here at some point but i did want to ask you you know typically whenever we talk you've got some kind of new decoy project going or <laughs> some sort of new decoy tactic I actually when we spoke earlier this year i forgot to ask you if again this year you employed the new song dog uh decoy <laughs> and, and so you and i were trading emails uh 
here earlier today, and you confirmed that you you again did put it out there. So remind our listeners what we're talking about with the old song dog decoy. <laughs> How did yeah. you implement? It? And yeah. do, you, do you think it still works? Well, yeah. So so the idea is so the song dog is a is a coyote decoy. That uh, the the one that I have is kind of a silhouette. Oh, it's you know, not a full I, body. It's not a full. You got to have a full not, body. No, well, mine mine's a silhouette. It, it's yeah. It's it's easier to transport all those things. You know, all the all the benefits of of a, a skinny song dog, I guess. <laughs> but um, the idea is, if you're hunting a big field, you put you put the coyote decoy out in the part of the field that you're not set up in, and then the geese are kind of a little less likely to land and set up shop there. So I did put it out. I was hunting a big field that was like a half section. I kind of put it over, you know, in one quarter or, or one half of the field. I set up in the other half and we did pretty well. And then I left it at home on Saturday morning. It was same kind of thing, a big, big field, big cornfield, big half section. And you know, we we did pretty well there too, but I had to get out of the blind and go run birds off out of the other part of the field, um, pretty pretty early in the morning. So, you know, I, I I'd say it's 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 not a bad idea. I, I kind of like the concept, and and I do think it has some utility. So. Now, you know, I was doing a little bit of research on coyotes here before I came onto this episode because I want to make sure I had my understanding of their biology correct. They, they do run in packs, right? So if you just have one song dog out there, it's probably not going to look as realistic to the birds. So you might want to think about at least three. My wife tells me that, that you know, it can't be two. It needs to be some sort of odd-numbered thing. So that needs, You're gonna so need, you need to work on that. You're also going to need a slotted decoy bag, though, yeah. once you get multiple things. So you, right. you have some things yeah. to work work on now over the over the winter you're gonna need a decoy well, trailer just for your <laughs> song dog decoys I, I think you need to work on a, a sponsorship for us on this mike that's you know the official the official coyote decoy of ducks unlimited so hey i wonder if brooke richard is listening to this episode we can get him to, to work on the higdon outdoors to work on a uh on a song dog decoy we'll talk with our partners for sure <laughs> okay there you go there you go Oh, all right. Well, let's see. We've probably run this episode fully into the ditch with that. <laughs> that was great. I, I, Scott, I think we accomplished everything that we want to accomplish here, uh, including potential a new uh, partnership with the uh, Song Dog Decoy manufacturer. Um, you know, I think the the kind of the headlines of this is, you know, that, that Canada, Prairie Canada especially, is, is definitely locking up. Uh, birds are... What's left up there are some of the hardy, you know, probably some Canada geese, probably some big diving ducks really holding out up there, but they're not going to be able to hold out for too much longer. Most of the waterfowl in Canada will be crossing the border into the U.S., and that's typically good news for U.S. waterfowl. Prairie, Prairie Canada. I don't know what's Prairie happening Canada, in eastern yeah. Canada, the Pacific Pacific Coast mm-hmm. kind of has some maritime influence, I guess, that, but uh, Prairie Canada. Prairie sure. Canada, absolutely. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah, no, no, I think that's accurate. I think I'll say mid-latitude folks in kind of the central U.S., I would, my advice would be you'll probably want to be in your duck blind or, or out in your spot this weekend because there should be some new birds around. Thanks, Scott. I really appreciate you coming on here, uh, taking the time to inform all of us U.S. waterfowl hunters and uh, just keeping us in the loop. That's great. Yeah, always, always happy to do that. I think many times Mike has said, uh, maybe I'm more entertainment than information, but that's okay. <laughs> 
we'll, t- we'll take it all, uh, and we'll hope you not hope you don't clue in too much on the real reason for having you on these calls, so that you'll continue to do it. <laughs> Always great to catch up with you, Scott. We appreciate it, man. Yep. Thanks a lot, Scott. Yep. Take care. I'd like to thank Dr. Scott Stevens for coming on the show today and, and providing us with an update from Prairie Canada as far as habitat hunting and just letting those U.S. hunters know that they really should be looking, at least at least mid-latitude, should start looking at finding their way to the duck blind. I'd like to thank Chris Isaac for putting the show together and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. Stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside.